Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors and the stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson-Harvey, Patty Callahan-Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. In 2020, they created Friends in Fiction to provide author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Friends in Fiction is sponsored by Mama Geraldine's Bodacious Foods, the company that makes Mama Geraldine's cheese straws which come in six varieties and are the best-selling cheese straws in the United States. Founded by former radio executive Kathy Cunningham and named for her mother, they have melt-in-your-mouth cookies too. Delicious treats and a woman-owned empire. Now that is something that friends in fiction can really get behind. Try them. You'll be so glad you did. Get 20% off on your online order at mamageraldines.com with the code FAB5. Snack on, y'all. We are so excited to tell you about a podcast that's just the thing for book lovers and book clubbers. It's called the Book Club Girl Podcast. Co-hosts Eliza and Tavia are a book club of two. And every other week, they chat about a book that is perfect for your reading group. And then they have the author on the show to discuss their work. What really sets this podcast apart is that most of the questions for their guests come from the podcast listeners. Each episode is an easy, breezy half hour long and includes an exclusive excerpt from one of the author's audiobooks. They've interviewed writers like Kate Quinn, Beatrice Williams, Gregory Maguire, Talia Hibbert. Upcoming guests include Karen Slaughter and Neil Gaiman. Subscribe to the Book Club Girl podcast from wherever you download your podcasts and never miss an episode. Welcome to the Friends in Fiction podcast. I'm Kristen Harmel, and today we're talking about writing a book with a friend. We're fortunate enough to have not one, but two incredible best-selling writing duos with us today. Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb, who began their careers as solo writers before deciding to team up occasionally, and Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings, who have, since the beginning of their careers, written together under the pen name Christina Lauren. I adore their books. I adore all four of these talented women, and I know you will too. We'll be talking to them today about why they write together, how they write together, and how they make it all work, especially since none of them live in the same place. So we'll start today with Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. Hazel is the New York Times, USA Today, Irish Times, and international bestselling author of The Girl Who Came Home, the Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter, and most recently, When We Were Young and Brave. Heather is the USA Today and international best-selling, award-winning author of Becoming Josephine, The Phantom's Apprentice, and the upcoming The Next Ship Home. Together, they have co-written three books, 
Last Christmas in Paris, Meet Me in Monaco, and the upcoming Three Words for Goodbye, coming July 27th. Welcome, Hazel and Heather. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you, Kristen. Lovely to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being here. It's so nice to hear your voices and be with you today. I'm uh, I'm missing just seeing everybody in person and giving you both a big hug. <laughs> but we'll we'll save that. <laughs> we'll save that for post pandemic. So, first of all, I would love to talk a little bit about Three Words for Goodbye because it was a book I got an early read of, a book I loved, and it was such a beautiful book. Can you begin briefly by telling our listeners a little bit about it, Hazel? Do you want to start? Sure. And thank you so much. You were one of our first readers. So your response to the book was so much appreciated. You know, that that moment when you let the book out into the world and real people apart from your dear family start to read it. So, yeah, Three Words for Goodbye is um, it's a sister story. It tells the story of two um, young women who are feuding when we meet them. And they are asked by their grandmother to go on a journey to Europe um, in order to tie up some loose ends from her life and from a trip she took to Europe decades earlier, inspired by Lucy Bly. And our two gorgeous girls, Madeline and Clara, set off with letters in their pockets take some very fabulous forms of transport along the way. And we follow them (laughs) on a journey really through discovering themselves, discovering the cities they arrive in, Paris, Venice, and Vienna. Um, And it's a story about discovering who we are, our place in family, as all families have secrets along the way. Um, And it was just such a gorgeous book to write, particularly because we found ourselves writing it when we couldn't go anywhere, when we were both in lockdown. So to travel virtually on the page with Clara and Madeline and and their grandmother Violet was just an absolute joy um, and really an unexpected highlight, I suppose, in some ways of a very difficult phase in all of our lives. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things I liked so much about reading it, too, the idea that I could be sitting in my home, you know, feeling a little stir crazy because we all feel a little stir crazy right now. Right. But getting to travel with your characters to these beautiful places and and to travel back in time. But you're right. It was such a great exploration of who we are also. It was such a good book and I can't wait for everyone else to get to read it. So, you know, since we're talking today about writing duos, I would love to dig in a little bit to the way you both work. So unlike Christina and Lauren, who have written together since the beginning of their careers, you two both started off your own successful novel writing careers and then joined forces, but you still write separately too. Heather, do you want to start by telling me a little bit about how the two of you met? Well, we both had debuts come out around the same time, actually, and we share an agent. So Michelle actually reached out to me and said, you really should contact Hazel Gaynor. She's English. She lives in Ireland with her family, but, um, you know, she's uh, breaking into the American market. And so are you. And I think you two would get along great. And I reached out to Hazel and it was it was kind of instant magic. I hate to say it that way because that seems (laughs) cheesy, but. We really did like each other right off the bat. Um, and not long after that, I, I'd say maybe a year and a half, I was working on an anthology, putting together an anthology with nine authors total. 
And I had floated the idea to Hazel and she was all about it. And that was called Fall of Poppies and set during uh, World War One. And from there, actually, she reached out to me after that and said, what if we did another one set during Christmas time? And then we decided maybe we should just try doing a novel together instead of doing an anthology. I mean, just for sales purposes and Mm -hmm. for just to simplify things. Um, Working with nine authors is very fun, but it's also a lot of contracts and a lot of agents and a lot of authors and lots of scheduling. Um, So we found that it might be a better option to go at it together. And uh, we kind of fell into it instantly. It was, it was great fun to work on that first book together. So that's wonderful. Well, what a, what a cool natural way for this to all come about and evolve. I love that. So I'm curious specifically about how your process works. Can you tell me a little bit about how you come up with a story idea together and kind of how you get the ball rolling? How is it at the beginning? And I don't know if you want to start um, by talking about that first novel you wrote or whether you want to kind of give me the answer in the context of three words for goodbye. But I'd, I'd just love to hear how it works. Hazel, do you want to take a stab at that? Sure. Um, well, as Heather said, I mean, it, this was really a relationship that came from having an agent together. And then I, I guess once, once we'd hooked up, there was no getting away from each other, you know. So Heather approached me about Fall of Poppies. I approached her then about writing something together. And really, I think the beauty of working with another author is, is when it works, it works. And I, I really believe it's something you can't force. Um, and we both came into this really quite naively. You know, we had never co-written with anybody and, and any author will know how precious your words are and how valuable your time. And to put half of that book in the hands of someone else is an enormous, yes. um, you know, act of trust, really. So having worked together on Fall of Poppies, I think, was almost our little apprenticeship, Heather, wasn't it? It was like, oh, I kind of, yeah, well, I like, I like working with her. <laughs> I like her style. And I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the best of friends. I think sometimes friends think, oh, we could write books together and it could turn out to be disastrous. I think we came into this from a professional point of view and have become dear friends through that, which is just a a wonderful turn of events, really. So ideas, initially the idea for Last Christmas in Paris came out of Fall of Poppies because we had touched on the very end of the First World War in that um, anthology and we both felt there was so much more to this event that spanned four years and we had only touched on a little bit. And as all historical novelists do, we had enormous amounts of research that we just wanted to use elsewhere. Um, And the idea of writing a story set through the four years of the war told in letters. So the book is told purely in letters exchanged between Tom and Evie, a guy at the front in France, and Evie, a young lady at home in England. And that idea really came from a very frenzied messaging um, back and forth on Facebook. And, you know, one of those uh, sort of fabulous moments where you're just bouncing ideas off each other and it crystallizes really quickly. Um, and I think that was that really gave us, I think, didn't it, Heather, the confidence that we were definitely on the same page. You know, if we'd been Absolutely. sort of grappling with, well, I want to do this and I think this, there would have been a sign there saying, whoa, <laughs> maybe this isn't the beautiful thing that you'd like it to be. It just felt very organic, very natural. 
Um, and having had such a great experience with that book, um, we then came to, to, to write Meet Me in Monaco, which again came quite organically, quite naturally. Having written about war um, at Christmas time, the kind of complete opposite of that is the glamour of the <laughs> 50s French Riviera and a princess marrying a prince. So, you know, we're having fun. And it was whilst we were in Monaco, which was obviously a terrible turn of events when we had to go <laughs> to Monaco together. Um, we were sitting on a terrace having a drink one evening and started to brainstorm, what are we going to do next? And that's when we came to the idea of, firstly, Nellie Bly, who was just, again, this incredible woman from history um, and her journalistic endeavours. But not just that, this incredible journey she took around the world, you know, doing the 80 days around the world, but actually did it faster. Of course she did. She's a woman. Um, <laughs> so we wanted to use Nellie as a jumping off point um, for a novel about traveling around the world and developing relationships within a family and, and within yourself. So we've had three very different processes of ideas, haven't we? But all, all equally um, fun in their own way. Well, I like this so much. I'm ready to ask you to add a third. I feel like I'd be so compatible with the two of you. Can we all go to Monaco together? <laughs> we can't go anywhere just at the minute. I know. No, exactly. So We're true. Stuck. So true. <laughs> you know, I'm interested in, um, in exactly how you do this. I love hearing the evolution of it, but I'm curious, maybe it's from a writer's perspective, but do you start with an outline? Do you take different characters and each write the chapters? Can you talk me through a little bit of the nitty gritty about what goes on behind the scenes? Heather, do you want to tackle that? Yeah, sure. Um, so we started with, you know, the idea, the premise, wrote a pitch, a short pitch, and then we um, extrapolated by writing a synopsis. Uh, and it's probably four to six pages or so for each of the books. Um, that way we both have an idea of where the book is going. And then we talk about the characters. Like, what are these characters, you know, what are their goals? What do they look like? What, you know, where do we want them to start? How do we want them to end up? Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of discovery through the actual writing itself. So the books change quite a bit over the course of, and the characters, um, over the course of the actual writing process, especially with Three Words for Goodbye. That one was a little bit more challenging than some of the others, uh, because you have three countries, two sisters, they each have their own arc, they have their own love interests. You've got three modes of transportation that are famous, all set to the backdrop of World War II, or the beginnings of World War II, I yeah. should say, the very early rumblings. So uh, it was a lot. It was a lot to parse out. But, but you know, um, once we start to write, we actually open up a Google Doc. Uh, and for people who aren't familiar with Google Docs, you, it allows more than one person to work on the same um, software at the same time. Um, and we take turns writing chapters. We'll choose a character. And um, and that's always been great, too. You know, we sort of talk through, who do you want to be? Oh, maybe I'll try this one. And we swap off. Um, I was the boy in the first book. She was the boy in the second book. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then our third novel, they, you know, you have sisters. So um, And then there's also the grandmother's voice that comes in and out a bit. That's a framing device. So So we make these decisions up front. And then as we go through... Um, we try to really preserve their voices um, by keeping the um, initial drafting 
sort of separate. And then um, as we edit, you know, we both comb through all the pages together and we leave comments in the margins and it goes to our email and stuff like that so that we, you know, we're really on top of the process together the whole time. So, um, and what's amazing, Hazel and I have have talked about this before and we're always, it, it never ceases to amaze either one of us that as soon as we are having, one of us is having this feeling that something isn't working it's almost simultaneous that we'd get this feeling. So I'll, I'll ping her and say, mm, I'm not loving where this is going. And she'll say, I was just going to say, wow. blah, 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 blah. And then we get on the phone and we hash out, you know, what needs to be tweaked and um, shaped and all that stuff. So um, we, there's kind of a we kind of joke that there's a shared brain almost, <laughs> you know, when you've worked with somebody for three books, you start to know sort of, what their patterns are, what your own patterns are and how they mesh. And I think that's a really cool thing. So, yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. That's really interesting. Has it been an obstacle to you two that you live in such completely different places? Uh, Heather, I think you're in New England, right? Is that correct? And I know Hazel, you're in Ireland. Um, So, you know, it's not even the kind of thing that, yeah, you live in different states, but you can hop in your car and visit. I mean, there are oh, more obstacles. <laughs> I know, I know. Has, has that been problematic or with all of the ways we can connect these days is it really just sort of a non-issue? Yeah. And, and, and actually, I think, you know, sometimes it's worked to our advantage, actually, because we were in different time zones. So what we found works really well is I'm five hours ahead. So I'll be up and I'll have started my working day although Heather gets up really early so she chases my tail I'm like I'm not ready yet go back to bed um so, so I'll be you know working away um on on my part of the novel or on my character um and then because also what's what's to be factored in here when we've been co-writing a novel we've each at the same time been working on a solo novel of our own so oh. we've had to juggle not just dealing with two people writing one book, we've each at the same time been writing another. We really like to make things difficult for ourselves. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So using the the time difference has actually given us a sort of start and end point to to the working day for writing our co-written book. And, you know, I think we are blessed, obviously, now with so much technology. We have had Google Docs, we've got Hangouts, we've got Zoom that we've all discovered in the last year, um, which has been really amazing. And actually, I think we're surprised we haven't used this technology um, through the last <laughs> couple of books. And now we have, we can we can see each other as well as type messages to each other. So yes, obviously, we would love to jump in the car and meet for a coffee. You need you can't be looking someone square in the face, can you? But We've been able to get around it. And, you know, people have questioned how on earth do you even begin to write a book with somebody else, let alone be in a totally different continent. <laughs> um, but it's it's possible, you know, and I think anything is possible, isn't it? If you really want to make it work, you'll find a way around the obstacles. Um, and we've yeah. we've managed to do that. So, yeah, it really hasn't been a, a hindrance. Really, yeah. I suppose you can always meet in Monaco, right? Why hop in your car when you can go to Monaco together? This is the thing, you see, we do have a plan. So if we can't actually see each other, then we have to go somewhere 
completely romantic and lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a solid plan to me. So ladies, my last question is this. How do you think that working together has shaped you individually as writers? Because as you mentioned, Hazel, I know you're both, you know, working on your own solo projects and doing your own things too. Do you think you've grown in your solo projects through your work together? I definitely think so. Yeah. Um, I have learned an awful lot from Heather. I've, you know, I think you learn to step back from your work a little bit because you have to, to let the other person in when you're co-writing and you, you don't stop doing that then when you're, when you're working on your own material, you sort of have that other voice on your shoulder. You know, I often imagine Heather standing there going, really, would she really do that? Are you sure? (laughs) Um, so I, I mean, as any creative person, I think you just want to surround yourself, don't you, with other creative people Mm -hmm. and we're endlessly fascinated with how everybody else does it. And as co-writers, we get to see that day in, day out. And it's, it's just all amazing to be able to then apply that to your own work. So I've learned a huge amount from Heather and she maybe doesn't realize how much I've learned from her and from writing I didn't, with her. but that sounds, that's great. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel exactly the same way. I, I, um, Hazel is, is so, um, talented. She's gifted at bringing forth this bittersweet emotion and in a character. And I've learned a lot about doing it myself by working with her on these pieces. Um, I think, you know, we both bring a different strength to the table or several and you combine them. And I think this is why readers love our book so much because they're getting, they're getting sort of a double, a double whammy in a good way. Right. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, so I, I've learned a tremendous amount myself. I, I feel like I'm a much better writer. I know that both of our platforms have really um, benefited from working together. People really seem to love to see us together and doing stuff. And that's been really, really fun. Um, yeah, we're a and, good double act, aren't we? <laughs> we are, yeah. And, and I think, too, you know, this whole we don't live near each other and it's hard to, to meet up. But when we do and we take all these pictures and we're posting things, We've got a slew of people following us and following our photos and then Heather and Hazel together, including our agent, which is so funny. <laughs> she will, you know, retweet stuff and and make little cute comments about us uh, being together. And um, so that it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Really and, you nice. know, people, I think a lot of the time ask the question, you know, so what do you do if you disagree on something? And I think people, they really want to hear what sort of crazy arguments have and demand <laughs> that something happens in chapter five. And we're very boring because we don't have, <laughs> we don't have, we don't have big blow up arguments. Um, so I think it's, you know, long may it last. And I think, as I said at the beginning, if it, if it works, it works. And I don't think you can force it. Um, I think this has to be something that comes from a place of creativity and then becomes a meeting of the minds in lots mm-hmm. of ways as well. So um, yes. so up arguments yeah. yet to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in so many ways, we almost didn't choose it. It feels a little bit like it found us. I mean, it could have yeah. been a disaster working together. Yep. And it, um, our agent kept sort of checking in with us separately. Was it okay working with Hazel? Was it okay working <laughs> with Heather? Or like, yeah, no, it's been great. You know, cause she just wants to protect us. Right. So, yeah. um, but it's, it's been great. It's been great. A lot of fun. 
Well, speaking of great and a lot of fun, thank you both for being here with us today. And Hazel, as you said, long may it last. I hope you have many, many more books ahead of you together. So be sure to pick up Three Words for Goodbye out this July. And thanks again, Hazel and Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. Now we're turning the floor over to another incredible writing duo, Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings, who together form Christina Lauren, the combined pen name of these longtime best friends and co-authors. They are the number one international and New York Times bestselling authors of the enormously popular Beautiful and Wild Season series, as well as standalone books such as Dating You, Hating You, Roomies, Twice in a Blue Moon, The Unhoneymooners, and my personal favorite, Autobiography, which was a really knockout YA novel. I loved it. Their latest book, The Soulmate Equation, is out this month, and it explores a fascinating premise, which I'll let Christina and Lauren tell you about themselves in just a minute. But for now, welcome, Christina and Lauren. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having us. I'm so happy to have you. So ladies, I know that Lauren has a PhD in neuroscience and Christina was a junior high school counselor. So I would love to start with asking you, how did you two women from such different careers meet? And how did you start writing together? I know it's been well over a decade now. It has, oh, yeah. It's been a like what, 12 years. <laughs> um, so we were both writing. Yeah, we had full-time jobs. This is Lauren speaking, by the way. We both had full-time <laughs> jobs and little kids. And um we started writing fan fiction just for fun. We both had ideas for stories. We kind of didn't know what to do with them. So we were writing stories online and sharing them. And that's how we met. And I organized a panel um, in 2009 at San Diego Comic-Con in the summer. And Christina had a really popular online story at the time. So I invited her out and that's when we met in person and we started writing together and it's just been amazing since. Well, it has been amazing since. You two have had such an incredible career. Christina, how did you go from that, that meeting and connecting to actually writing and selling a first book together? Um, it's, it's funny because at the time it just felt completely like, this is just what you do. But looking back, we go, well, that was a, that was like a really strange thing to meet somebody on a weekend and just like each other so much that you just go, Hey, do you want to write something together? So we wrote, um, a short story together, like a fan fiction one shot together. And that was so much fun that we just said, let's write a book. And so we started writing this really serious, kind of depressing book. And it, we, we were like, what are we doing? Because we thought since we were going to be real writers, we should be, you know, really serious. And um, as soon as we started writing something about skinny dipping and kissing and that, it's like, it's like, Cinderella just putting on the shoe. We like realized this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. It just never occurred to us that this was strange and not something people do. I think because in fandom, everything is so collaborative. It just felt like completely normal. So we, we, um, started writing this skinny dipping book and we eventually got an agent and eventually sold a book. And here we are 20 something books later. That is incredible. Gosh, I'm so glad you found your way into this and that you found the right path for you. You know, I mean, imagine if you had just gotten stuck on that wrong kind of writing. I think you never would have found your collective voice and moved forward, but you you found exactly the right way. I mean, for every author, I think there's serendipity in the path. 
right? Yes. And so oh, I think yeah. ours was probably, you know, we could we could pinpoint each of the beats of serendipity in our path to where we yeah. are now. But for sure, one of them was knowing that we were not meant to be writing serious, deep literary <laughs> fiction. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Well, speaking of serious, deep literary fiction, no, I know this isn't. Can we talk about the soulmate equation? I'm so excited to talk about it. And it's new this week. And I I love the concept and the idea behind it. And I know how well the two of you have executed it because you are Christina and Lauren and everything you touch turns to magic. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the soulmate equation? So the soulmate equation is a, um, it's a, our first single mom. Her name is Jess. She has a seven year old daughter who is one of our favorite characters we've ever written. We don't write books with a lot of kids, but, um, this is our first time really writing a child into the book and she is so much fun. But the premise is that Jess is single and sort of determined to remain single until her daughter is grown and her best friend, Fizzy, who is a romance author, hears about this, um, new dating service that is based on DNA matching technology. And um, Jess has no interest in this at all. Fizzy is really jazzed to learn about it from sort of a romance craft perspective. And so she drags Jess along to this um, company that's about to go public and kind of convinces Jess to spit into a vial and see if she matches with anyone. And it turns out that she ends up with an unprecedented score where she matches with the founder of the company who she already knows and does not like. So, you know, we were really, Christine and I both got very obsessed with the Theranos scandal about the, you know, the blood um, testing technology and just kind of how biotech is this sort of, there's this like curtain that hides all these details and Um, But there's also so much excitement there and things move so fast and there's so much money in biotech. And so we were really trying to think about like, what are some fun ways where we could bring biotech into a rom-com? It was just a very weird evolution of an idea, but this is where we landed. (laughs) And, you know, I had a really good time because I do have a science background and my husband is a biochemist. And so we got to be really dorky about how, okay, if we were really going to create this company that could find somebody's soulmate through DNA, what other criteria would we want to see before we would invest in this company? And for me, a lot of it would be, do they do like testing of people who've been married for a really long time and are very happy Mm -hmm. together? Do they look at like people who are attracted and if there are certain DNA signatures that come up in attraction, right? And um, it was just a lot of fun to kind of figure out how that might actually work. Oh, I love the concept. What a cool idea. All right. So let's use this as a jumping off point for talking about exactly how you two collaborate. Because in this podcast today, we're talking about, you know, writing as pairs and how exactly you do it. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you write a book like this together? Kind of from coming up with the original concept, which you told us a little bit about where that came from, but to writing the chapters, to kind of figuring out how the book is going to go, and then ultimately to kind of making it all come together. Christina, do you want to start us off? Yes. So um, obviously the pandemic, this should be a well-doiled machine by now. We have (laughs) 27 or whatever books, you know, we should know exactly what we're doing. Um, But the pandemic has sort of thrown a wrench into that because normally we outline our books in person, always in person. It's just, you know, it's different sitting across the table from someone Mm -hmm. than sitting across a Zoom camera from them. So um, we always outline our books in person and then 
um, and that takes a couple days. It's not just something you can do, you know, in an hour over lunch yeah. or whatever. It's like throwing out ideas and watching a movie and then that jogs something and then talking about a book and going out to eat. And, you know, it just, it takes a couple days to kind of get a good idea of what we're doing. Um, once we have that, we go back to our houses. I am in Utah, Lois in California. We divide things up by chapter or scene or character, however we do it. We start writing. Um, we upload them to Dropbox or however it is we're going to do it. And at some point we start compiling. So with the pandemic, obviously we haven't been able to see each other in person. Um, so we've had to kind of change that process a little bit. But since we change it every single time we have a book anyway, <laughs> it sort of, it, you know, we were able to make it work. Um, we're getting ready to outline a new book this week. I'm going to low. Um oh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's different every time. I think if we've learned anything is you have to be flexible because what worked for one book does not work for the next book. And that makes sense. We've, we've done so many and yeah, it's not a well-oiled machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it's a machine that keeps evolving, which is good, yes. right? That's a good thing. You're evolving and growing and you just keep getting better and better. It's amazing. That's right. Um, so are there parts of the process that are more challenging for you than others? Are there parts that go very easily? Are there parts you kind of uh, get stuck in or stumble at or, or anything like that? Lauren? I mean, I think it's funny because we do, we, it's true that we're not a well-oiled machine in the sense <laughs> that we change the outlining process every time, but the drafting process is almost always the same. And by that, I mean, Christina always freaks out a lot at the beginning. Like she just... <laughs> has a, a, a few days or a couple weeks of like, what am I doing? Who are these people? I don't actually think I was ever meant to write books. <laughs> and then she gets into the flow of it. And we hit about the two thirds point when I decide everything is garbage and nobody is ever going to read this book. <laughs> and that has happened so many times in our relationship that when I actually get to that point, it calms Christina down because yes. it's like, okay, now we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. This is how it goes for us. So That's awesome. I would say if anything, drafting, and I think most writers would say drafting is hard because it's really yeah. hard to create something out of nothing and you can't fix something that you don't make, right? So once we have a book, yeah. even if it's messy, revising is so much more satisfying because you're sculpting at that point. Yeah. So I would say drafting is the hardest part, but I still really enjoy every part of the process. I really, really do. I'm also slower than low is. So that can be um, a problem sometimes, but luckily we have more time than we usually do. And low is a great scheduler. So, you know, I might be slower, but she has like, we do this, this time, this, do this, and I, you know, you just get it done. You know, it's interesting to hear you talk about those kind of freakouts you hit at the exact same points in each book, because at least you hit them together, you know, like, you yes. know, it's coming from the other person and you can talk the other person down. Whereas I, as a writer also just hit them alone, <laughs> secret, like secretly freak out myself and completely panic and spiral out for a little while. So at least you can bring each other back. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I mean, I do think any conversation about co-authoring would be remiss if we didn't talk about that sort of communal aspect yeah. of it. I mean, sometimes we'll go to signings and there'll be, you know, of course there's authors that are sitting alone at their table. If we go to the big romance signings, or even if yeah. we're doing a signing with like another author at a bookstore and both of us are always like, how do you do that? Because it's just <laughs> not how we've come up in, yeah. in writing. Right. Um, and I mean, certainly there are challenges to co-authoring that, 
that you as a person who writes alone wouldn't have. But I also think one of the benefits is that we always have somebody who's at exactly the same place emotionally yes. with it as the other person. Or if they're not, if Christine is not in the exact same place I am, she understands where I am and she can yeah. get there too. And so, um, you know, writing is a very solitary endeavor. I think it can be very isolating. And so I am very lucky to have her with me. I'm very lucky. How yeah. wonderful to get to do that together. So I understand that you're both working together to adapt Rumi's, your 2017 novel, into a screenplay, which is so exciting. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that film deal and how you figured out how to write a screenplay together? <laughs> Well, we did not know what we were doing. <laughs> Trial and error. <laughs> the, the way all the best stories start. Uh, the difference, I mean, the difference between really writing a script and writing a book is that in a script, every single word matters. Yeah. Um, every, uh, like a page of script is like a, like a page or a minute on screen. Mm -hmm. So you have to like, like, I don't even remember what we were supposed to get it down to low, like 109 pages. 109 or, or 10, yeah, yeah. It's like really good. And I think like our very first draft was like 128 pages. So you really do learn what matters and what doesn't and where you're kind of like being redundant every, you know, the, every piece of dialogue should, should do like two things. It should, push the story forward and maybe tell you a little bit about the person. And and so um, right now we're working with Oops Donuts. Um, Andy Fickman is our director and Village Roadshow Pictures is so has cool. come on to be um, a producing partner. And we've done several rounds of revisions because we had our initial producers and then Village Roadshow and they're getting ready to start casting. <gasps> That's so exciting. It is, yeah. Yeah. Was the process of, I know you talked about how writing a screenplay is different than writing a book, but how about writing a screenplay together? Was the give and take that you two did together different than the give and take you have when you're writing a book? Yeah. So when we write a book, we usually outline all of the chapters and then we try and do alternating. So whether it's dual point of view where we each take one character or it's a single point of view, but we take every other chapter. That's how we draft our books, right? And so then we kind of zipper them together and edit it as one whole and then okay. edit again and then again and again. But with a screenplay, you can't really break it up into chapters in the same way. And we yeah. could probably break it up into acts, but I think a lot of what you do when you're drafting a screenplay is about pacing. Mm -hmm. So um, what we have done with the screenplays is we take turns drafting it. So one of us will draft a section and then the other will take over and keep drafting. Or I, I don't even, I, I'm trying to think if, cause we've written a few at this point. Um, if one of us has ever drafted the whole thing, I don't think so. I think we'll draft like maybe 20 pages and then trade off. So it's a, wow. it's like a back and forth thing, but it worked still. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Of course it worked. You guys just have one it's just <laughs> amazing genius brain together. <laughs> That's awesome. So since you've been collaborating for so long now, I imagine that some things have gotten easier as, as you've gone along, as you've gotten to, you know, understand the rhythm of the work, the rhythm of each other, all of that. But has there been anything that's gotten harder or more challenging about your collaboration as the years have gone by, especially as your kids have gotten older, life has taken different twists and turns, you've gotten more and more successful. Have there been more challenges in your path as the years have gone by? Oh my gosh. That's I mean, I don't question. think, I, don't, I think in terms of the collaboration, no. I think if anything, the collaboration gets easier with every project. Yeah. And for sure, it's like, 
you know, it's not a steady like improvement and ease over time. There's going to be some books that are harder to write than others, right? Just, and that's like project-based, not collaboration-based. But I think any author who has more than two or three books out with some success for those early books finds that like we have that, um, the pressures change, you know, Yes, and you can't stay in one place and do the same thing. Um, you have to kind of keep evolving and finding new stories to tell in new ways. Um, and so I think, you know, that's not necessarily about our co-authoring. That's just a thing that any enduring author faces. Um, and I mean, I think there've been times where one or the other of us is interested in writing something that the other is not really interested in, but because the ego has always been Christina Lauren and not Christina or Lauren, we decide that we want what's best for that writing name versus like what's best for my entertainment at any given moment. Right. So <laughs> also the way we promote books and things have changed. Oh yeah. Certainly. True. I mean, there was no Instagram when we first started. And um, one thing that helps is that we both have strengths. Um, like Lo is such a, she's so good on Instagram story. Like she just oh, is so, she's so good. And so so much has changed. It, it, literally nothing looks the same as it did when we yeah. published our first book. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Yep. I've, I've been around for a while too, and you're completely right. Yep. The whole landscape has changed. Yeah. Absolutely. And now they're trying to get us on TikTok, Kristen. What are we going to oh. do? <laughs> oh, no, stop. I'm too old for that. <laughs> now, what was funny is that our, our like PR rep, Chris, who is also a Kristen with an I, yeah. was like, no, I don't want you on TikTok, but I just want your, I just want to see your books on, but I don't want to see you on TikTok. <laughs> Thanks for the clarity, Kristen Dwyer. I love it. <laughs> All right, ladies, last question. If you could go back to that very first day you decided to try to write a book together and give your younger selves advice about what was to come, what would that advice be? Oh my God. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I think we did everything the way I would want to. I think I would just tell us to trust that we're not doing it for nothing, you know, because yeah. there were times in the process that were really hard, especially in the early days when, because, you know, we, we wrote, we started writing in the fall of 2009. We didn't sign with Holly. We have the same agent. We didn't sign with Holly until October, 2011. Oh, okay. So it was two years of writing and querying and, Um, you know, in that time, you know, I know Christina's husband switched jobs and she had a, you know, she worked the school year. So she had three months where she wasn't getting paid and those things kind of coincided and it was really stressful. And there were times for each of us where we thought we might not be able to afford to put so much time and money into flying to see each other to work on this book that like didn't even have an agent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, just reassuring those like past C and low that like, (laughs) you're, you're going to be okay. You know, I think that reassurance would have meant a lot, but honestly, like, I love that we had the path we did. It was crazy at the beginning. I mean, when we first met you, was that at RT or? Yeah, it was RT in Dallas. I think 2014 or. It was like a nutso time for all of us. It was crazy. And I feel like I remember maybe an eighth of that entire year. (laughs) (laughs) I I still wouldn't change it, you know? So. I think I would tell, I would say, um, to like trust each other 
that, you know, we, we say that we are married and we basically are. And to, to tell us that there are hills and valleys and to enjoy the hills and work harder in the valleys. (laughs) That's great advice. It's great advice for all of us. Mm -hmm. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Christina and Lauren for joining us today. And thanks to, to Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. Don't forget to pick up Christina Lauren's brand new The Soulmate Equation, which sounds so good. I cannot wait to read it. And Hazel's and Heather's upcoming Three Words for Goodbye. It's been such a pleasure talking with all of you. And to all of you out there, thanks for joining us today. Keep your ears out for more fascinating friends and fiction interviews coming up. And don't forget to tune in Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern for our Facebook Live show, too. In the meantime, stay safe and well and keep reading. Thank you for tuning in. Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.